Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is the show that's all about spiritual direction. Our seasoned spiritual directors come on the show each day to help you in your ongoing journey of faith. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. In addition to helping out with The Inner Life, I host a show aired on Relevant Radio in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul called Practicing Catholic. And if I may, I'd just like to point out that on Practicing Catholic, we've been doing a series of interviews with our director of the Office of Worship for the Archdiocese, and it's all on the Mass. And it offers a really good in-depth look at the Mass, and it's taught me quite a bit. To take a listen, go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for Practicing Catholic Show, and look for the Mass Class Playlist. Well, which of the three evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience, which one do you think is the toughest one? Well, I've heard it many times, and I'll bet you have too. My religious friends continue to say that obedience is actually the toughest. But here's the thing. Obedience, even if it's not part of religious vows for us, it's still something that at, that's at the very heart of of the life of faith for every follower of Jesus. So what is it, and how do we live it out? In the hour ahead, we're going to be talking about obedience with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, who is a priest of the Diocese of Roxford, Roxford, Rockford, Illinois, and the spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin. Welcome back to The Inner Life, Father Blood. Good to be with you again. Good morning, Patrick. Great to be with you. Yeah, and you're so crystal clear in studio joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that too for us as well. Let's start out, Father, with just the let's define our terms, right? Let's uh, let's do that. So, what are we talking about when we're talking about obedience? Yeah, when we talk about obedience, I, I think in layman's layman's terms, we're we're talking about uh, kind of setting aside our will. Uh, to follow the the command or the ask of of a legitimate superior. So if somebody who who has authority over us asks us to do something, whether that's a a a physical activity or maybe something more spiritual, uh, following through, uh, because you you kind of submit everything that you desire over to that superior and and follow through. Um, But I think it's important right on on the beginning to to sort of make a distinction, right? I think sometimes we think about obedience as only those big asks, right? Those opportunities where it's it's like a one-off, you know, somebody asked me to do that and was I obedient to that thing? But I think the way we can kind of uh, frame it for today is, is more of uh, the whole of virtue or this sort of principle of, of righteous conduct, right? This idea that in every moment I'm trying to be in accord with, with the will of my legi- legitimate superiors and, and even the Lord. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly the, the thing that I want to drill down into a little bit with you, Father, is that 
You know, I, I think uh, in my intro there, I mentioned how obedience is at the heart of the life of faith. And of course, uh, primarily what I guess the way that I tend to think of that, and maybe a lot of our listeners do too, is that, well, when we're talking about obedience to God, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm, you know, like the rich young ruler, right? I I've, I know the commandments and, and uh, yeah, I've been doing them all my life or maybe that is true or not true for some of our listeners. But the thing is, is that um, that obedience to the Lord necessarily includes obedience to, as you put it, our legitimate superiors, right? I mean, there's that obedience needs to be fleshed out in, as you said, large things and small things to those those human beings who are over us as well, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes you, you look at priests or religious and you say, oh, they make a vow, they make a promise, uh, they have... Uh, the need for obedience. But I, I think really it's all of us, right? Even just to, to go back to the commandments, right? To honor your mother and father. That in its own self is, is a call to obedience and respect. And so it, it really does give us a sense of freedom if we all realize that in a lot of different ways and situations, we are called uh, to this great virtue. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that, too, because I think oftentimes uh, obedience can feel like it's actually constricting our freedom. It's limiting our freedom because I don't just get to do whatever I want to do, um, which, of course, we know is not uh, not necessarily the best definition of freedom anyhow. But uh, how does obedience actually free us? How does it actually promote our freedom? It's this idea that the, the pressure is not totally on us to make every decision in our life, in our spiritual life, there are a lot of opportunities for us to, to, to do what, what our natural inclination is. But I think to do what one ought to do is sometimes a hard thing to discern. Right? Mm-hmm. We have all these goods in front of us, and, and you might have anxiety in that. What is the Lord actually asking of me uh, to do in this place? And so if you, you have someone to look to, to to be obedient to, whether that's you know, a mentor, a parent, a spiritual director, somebody who he really uh, set, set above and, and trusts them when they say, hey, I need you to take step one, two, and three, and this is how I'd like you to do it. Hmm. It, takes, it takes a little pressure off to say, okay, I'm just going to follow through on that, and I'm not going to ask a million other questions about all the what-ifs. They've offered this, and now I'm going to follow through. <laughs> I'm just chuckling here, Father, because, uh, well— that would that be the case, but uh, I actually usually find myself, especially if it's something that uh, comes up that I feel like I don't think this is the best way of going around uh, about this. Then I do ask all those questions, all those, all those what ifs. You know, well, yeah, but shouldn't we do this or shouldn't we do that? Or, or even, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's hearing uh, a request from a superior and saying, yeah, that's what he or she wants, but. I think I'm just going to do it this way, but and it's, but that constitutes really disobedience. So maybe the question for you is, what about that? What about when we find ourselves in a situation where somebody who again is our legitimate superior, um, whether that's in the spiritual life or in the secular life, um, and they ask us to do something, and we just think that either it's it's not it's not something that we should do, or it's maybe better. It's it's something that we think we could do better a different way. Yeah, I'd, I'd be lying to say that this is an easy one for me. If you if you sat in on my formation <laughs> meetings throughout seminary, the number th- one thing I was told was, you know, blood, why do you have to ask why every time we ask something? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it's sort of a nuanced 
approach, right? Because <laughs> there's there's a level of blind obedience that I think is virtuous and good and beautiful, being able to, to really say, you know, I trust that person and I'm going to be humble and selfless and, and go all in. Uh, but we all have that natural inclination. I want to understand the background. I want to understand where are they coming from? How are we going to get where they want to go? Because we all have our own sort of wisdom. And so if there's a way we can, in humility, have a, a real conversation about the why, then maybe we can have it. But I think for many of us, it's hard to get to that place because if we're asking those questions, there's already a sense of, I do know better. And I just need to knock down sort of uh, whatever their thought process it is so it can line up more with my own. But we go back to when you're, when you're growing up and you're small and, and your mom tells you you, you have to take the, the trash out. And you say, why? Right. Well, because I say so. <laughs> yes, what a powerful right. phrase. And, and it can be frustrating as a child because, well, there has to be a why. But do we need the why? I think that's an important question. As, as the Lord um, asked us to understand or has he asked us to be faithful? Hmm. And it, it's such a, a difficult interior disposition. But I, but I think sometimes there's a, there is that lightness to say, you know, even without understanding, I'm going to give everything that I have. Wow. Yeah. Would that it would be the case. But uh, it, it's a struggle. It's not easy. And maybe that's a good... This is a good time to pitch that out to our listeners as well. If you're if you're struggling with a with an issue of obedience right now in in your work, in your family, in some situation in your life, maybe it's something to do with your parish, with church, with uh, with your pastor, and uh, there's there's some struggle like this going on. And how do I be obedient in this situation? Please give us a call. Join the conversation. Get some uh, good wisdom from our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood of the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. Uh, our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or you can always also send us an email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, as we're as we're talking about obedience, and you know, I, I I can't help but reflect on I've I've read a number of times stories of the saints who were kind of just epitomes of what you were just describing is that uh, even in the small things, if if there was something that that they were asked to do by a legitimate superior, then uh, then they just they did it, even if they thought, well, I could do it better, or and and it seemed like the. I guess the recurring theme is is that the Lord always honors obedience in that sort of situation. Can you expand on that a little bit? Is that really true? I, th- I think so. I, I think this idea that if we give ourselves totally to the will of God in all the places where that plays out in, in our, our superiors, uh, he's not going to punish us for that. Right? In an attempt to give everything I have for the good— um, He's not going to say, well, you should have turned your back on what they were asking and done your own thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, we want to kind of throw a a blanket over this and say, and this is assuming that your superior is not asking you to do something that's sinful or something immoral. And if they're asking you something that that is morally neutral or good, then then it is. It's um, this opportunity where we we can really run in uh, full speed ahead and say, you know, I'm going to give everything I have in this moment. But but your reference to the saints— I think there's something to that, and and with the saints who we, we've sort of seen this this radical obedience. I think of Padre Pio, who we celebrated a few weeks ago, and a holy man, a lot of manifestations of the presence of God, and and yet the church at certain points said, "Hey, we got to slow your roll. I, I want to mm-hmm. slow your roll. <laughs> Be quiet. We're going to work through this." And 
somebody who's truly gifted by the Lord would be anxious or, or frustrated with that, right? This is the hand of God. I've experienced this in prayer. But Padre Pio makes the decision, I'm going to do what the church is asking. Mm-hmm. And then that pays out where he's one of the most well-known and impactful saints of our day. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, when we look to the saints, I think one of the maybe subsets of this obedience that they had is they had patience. The realization mm-hmm. that as Christians, we play the long game. So even if in this very moment, I don't feel like I'm doing what I want to do or I'm, I'm not maybe being fulfilled like I wish I was, instead of grasping and rushing and demanding, if we take a breath, receive what's being offered and continue to slowly take steps forward, we're going to see the, the full picture be fleshed out. Yeah. And so they had a patience in the obedience that was offered to them. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, Father. And I, and patience is just such a, it's a huge virtue in so many ways. But specifically, here's we're talking about obedience today here on The Inner Life. We, uh, that is something that is definitely needed. And I know that you mentioned just being fulfilled. And I think maybe, if again, speaking personally, that that's one of the hardest times to be obedient when I feel like I'm being asked to do something that is, it's not uh, in, it's, it doesn't correspond with what I understand my role, my gifts to be, my my the reason why God has me in this position at this time. And that's when I really struggle with it is that, uh, yeah, how is this going to fulfill me? How is it going to further the mission of the church? Uh, all these questions pop into my head. But yet uh, what I'm hearing you're saying, you saying is that it's still important in that time to be obedient. Yeah, I think of a, a situation I had when I was a seminarian one of my brothers was in charge of chores, and so he got to decide what chores would be done by what guys. And you can imagine that causes its own animosity. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So he told uh-huh. me, you got to go in the, the basement, and you're going to set up you know, these hundred tables for this event. And mm-hmm. I did it, and he came down, and he said, mm, that's not how I like it. And so <laughs> uh, he pointed out how he wanted it done, and, and I stayed quiet. But as soon as he uh, went back up the stairs. I, I rage moved those hundred tables. I was so mad. <laughs> and, and so in that, you know, I, I did I did the thing that was being asked, but it didn't feel very virtuous because you still have that sort of, I don't know, that, that human difficulty. And so I had a conversation with him afterward and I, and I talked to him and I said, man, it just made me so mad. And in, in talking to the Lord and talking to him, I realized, you know, I just needed him to say thank you. And that would make it a lot easier to be obedient. And so I think, too, sometimes we have to name that. Hey, obedience in this situation is difficult for me. Help me be obedient. Yeah. I like the apostles, right? I have faith, but help me to, to have more faith. Absolutely. Oh, we're speaking with our spiritual director today, Father Bobby Blood, and we are talking about obedience here on The Inner Life. And just so, so grateful that uh, you've joined us, Father, as this is, a, this is a really centrally important topic, and I think it's one that we don't actually think about very often. So if you are struggling with, uh, with obedience, with a situation of obedience where you feel like, well, this isn't, this isn't the best usage of my time, of my talents, of, of the things that God has given me, if there's some, uh, maybe some relational conflict that's going on. Maybe you're not, just like Father said, you're not getting thanked for the ways that you're being obedient. Well, give us a call, join the conversation. Again, glean some wisdom here from the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We need to take a brief break, but we're going to be back right after this with more of The Inner Life. Stay with us. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters Studio Line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. 
Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester today. An Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today as we're speaking about obedience with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, who is a spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. Well, Father, we were uh, just talking about what makes for good obedience and how how we can be obedient even in the face of some struggles with that, even when our, our own... Well, our own proclivities would lead us maybe into disobedience of a legitimate superior, but let's uh, let's examine the other side of the equation if we could. Now you're a you're a spiritual director, you're a vice principal for goodness sake, and I would imagine that there's um, there's some good things that go into a superior being a good and just superior. So uh, who for, you know who should be obeyed? Um, what are some of those characteristics? That's a great question. I think some of it is. Uh, Thinking back to those situations where where you've had to be obedient and and, and remembering how it felt, mm. I, I, I've been obedient a lot longer than I've been in a, a, a supervisor position. So you have mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of memories of, of what has worked and what hasn't. I think a big part of being a healthy and, and happy supervisor and, and and superior is uh, one uh, thinking about the big picture. Right, where are we going? The things we say, the the, the choices we make should fit into a bigger puzzle. And the better we can communicate that, I think the better off we are. Uh, and then also, too, to, to recognize the individual uh, who's being obedient to you, to realize what are their gifts and talents? What are their struggles? What are, what are the, the sort of things that would help them to feel more full or alive? Um, and, and, and recognizing their gifts to, to ask them to step up into those things that feel natural to them, to, to notice, oh, that person's a good listener. I'm going to ask them to be on the retreat and, and affirm that in them and, and try and build that up. Because when I ask, hey, will, will you give a little more? They're going to be willing to because they've already been affirmed and, and built mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it goes down to, to seeing the individual. Um, and from that, um, trying to choose with discernment with the Lord how best to, to make them feel human, to feel fully alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great uh, great comments there, too. And uh, just as you were speaking, um, I, I think uh, a lot of the— a lot of the things that can carry a lot of weight with me when it comes to obedience is is knowing that just what you said that my supervisor or the person who's asking me or needing me to obey him or her is somebody who recognizes who I am and uh, as you said makes me feel valued as well and uh, also yeah it's easier to trust so maybe that's one of the things that we need to factor into the conversation here as well what is the role of trust when it comes to obedience I think it's crucial. I think we're, we're called to be obedient whether we feel or don't feel that, that level of trust, but I, I think it feels healthier if you can look at the other individual and say, I know that they love me. I know that they actually will my good because then, then you're able to take a, a bigger jump, a bigger risk in that love, uh, in that obedience. I think of certain situations where a student ends up in my office because maybe we, we've hit strike three when it comes to the disciplines. So they have to come mm-hmm. talk to father. Yep. And it would be easy to just allow the frustration to rise up. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so tired of seeing the same person over and over these same issues. Um, but it's also an opportunity to, to ask real questions. Mm-hmm. Say, Why is it that you're late every day? Are you sleeping okay? 
Um, is everything okay with your family? How's school going? Where, where, where are the pressures that are weighing you down? In learning those things, then we can start to, to point to maybe this is something we can try together. Maybe this is a step one in, in learning how better to, to serve this ultimate good. Um, but it's, it's trying to strive for that patience. I think of, I sort of feed from that from the confessional, right? Mm. So obviously in the confessional, there's that deep level of mercy and patience. And it's my hope, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but it's my hope that in other encounters I have with individuals, especially those who have some level of obedience uh, to me and my work, that they would still feel that grace, that they have the space to make mistakes and fail and, and still have the opportunity to get back up. Uh, yeah, that's a great point, Father. Is and that's a that's a, yeah. I'm I'm as I'm continuing to think through these things. There are so many questions, and uh, it would that we had the whole hour just to talk between the two of us. But we are getting phone calls as well. By the way, if you would like to call and join the conversation, maybe there's a situation of obedience that occurred in your life where you were obedient to what you were asked to do, and then sometime later, maybe you didn't even want to be, but you were, and sometime later you saw some fruit from that obedience that uh, really helped to yeah, helped to clarify the situation for you. Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear your story. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We do have other people calling in, though, such as Angelica, who is calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Angelica, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. So, uh, Father, I have this situation. My children are grown. One's in college and the other one's in the Army. And, um, and, and how do I help them to... How, how, how do I help them to be free when I make suggestions or rather orders <laughs> of what they should do? And then what to, how should I... How should I react? I mean, how do I take when they don't uh, listen to me? Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal question. And, and I think some of it comes down to, to uh, you know, your kids better than anyone, right? So to trust your gut in the way that you've communicated in the past. But I would say in general, um, there's power in a question, even as the authority figure mm. to, to, to ask the sort of questions instead of, let's say, for an example, you know, <laughs> get to Mass on Sunday, right? Um, yeah. Being able to ask the question, um, do you feel like you've been working too much lately? Do you feel tired? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, and getting to know oh, if you're tired, then you can share a story, right? Yeah, I've been exhausted, but the one place where I feel like I can take a breath is at Mass once a week and kind of just breathe. I don't have to think or do anything. I can just be with the Lord, right? So asking questions and then uh, sharing personal experiences. Although in a perfect world, you know, mom could say do X, Y, and Z, and the kid would say, yes, mom, we love you. We'll do anything for you and then follow through. Uh, But humanity is its own nuanced sort of experience. So um, I think your experience is, is incredibly powerful in setting that example of, hey, if I'm asking you to do something, it's because it's been powerful for me, and I want you to share in that goodness. Mm. I don't know how you think they'd respond to that, though. Very well. Thank you. Especially my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, Angelica. I, I, I like it. And uh, I, I love the, the kind of the Socratic approach that you're uh, you're suggesting here, Father, that there's something that uh, is absolutely 
yeah, essential about asking the questions and helping people along the way. Because I know, at least for myself, that oftentimes I I discover the the meaning and the richness behind the obedience. So I it it could still be a blind obedience, but at least I'm starting to understand that you know what it's not that this is just task oriented, but there's people oriented you know, orientation as well. Yeah, and I've seen you know. Certain individuals at my, my former assignment was in a parish for a few years um, would, would want some help. You know, Father, could you come to X, Y, and Z? And and you try to go to as much as you can. But there are certain people who you just saw go above and beyond, and you just you want to work hard for them. And so I think the same goes for, from the position of a superior, right? If we can set the example that I'm all in, and I will your good, and I'm going to work hard for you— then it's easier for them to say, you know, I'm going to get on board and, and I want to make them proud of me. Mm-hmm. The same when we look to the Lord, right? I want the Lord to, to look on me and say that I'm blameless in his eyes. I, I want him to say that this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. And the more time I spend with him and and look on onto him and he looks onto me and we, we feel this sort of love and affinity for one another, then when he asks something difficult, it's it's not quite as, as sour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, something that we need to, to to bear in mind always when we're in a situation of obedience. That's what we're talking about here today on The Inner Life, uh, situations of obedience. Perhaps you're in one right now where you're finding it hard to, to obey with the things that you've been told or asked to do. What is the situation? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Father, you've mentioned uh, we've we've talked about uh, trust being a, a necessary component of obedience. We've talked about patience in uh, in like you said the the church looks at the long game here. It plays the long game. Um, what about what about humility? What's the role of humility when it comes to obedience? Yeah, that's our our favorite virtue, isn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I think humility plays out in, in almost every virtue because there's a certain regard where you have to say um, what I want and my comfort is not the most important thing in the world. And and that's an incredibly hard truth, right? How do we define love but to, to will the good of the other? And in a certain regard, in loving, we have to make the decision that I'm going to love them more than I love myself. And that plays out in obedience with humility, right? to realize that I do think I know better. I do have my own experiences. I do have my own plan, but I've got to set that aside. And um, it's transformative to be able to say, even though I know I'm going to go all in because it's their authority, their role. And if they ask or we hit a, a rocky spot and I can in some way share what I've got, then I will. But until then, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent points. Uh, Father, let's turn the page over to uh, to the Scriptures. You mentioned Scripture earlier on, but uh, of course we see obedience throughout the Scriptures. Uh, we see it uh, in all sorts of different places. I'm thinking specifically in the Gospel of John uh, in the Upper Room Discourse near, near the end of the Gospel. You know, Jesus says to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You are my friends if I do what I command you. He says, um, where else do we find obedience in the scriptures, and why is it so central there in the scriptures as well? I, th- I think with Jesus, it's it's oftentimes I have to go where he's going no matter what that means. 
Hmm. Hey, you saw a few times throughout the scriptures where the apostles were excited to follow Jesus. Jesus, we will go anywhere where you go. Well, where I'm going, you cannot go yet, but you will follow. Right? And, and I don't think they realized in that moment that they were saying, I too want to lay down my life for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they see that Jesus has a plan. He's, he's powerful. He's a healer. He's a lover. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ we've been waiting for. But I, I don't know if they knew right away that also he's the one who's going to lay down his life. And so we watch the apostles sort of have that tension that, that call to, to lay down their life. And obviously Peter had his struggles, and, and yet eventually he came around. Um, even in the Old Testament, right, we, we see the Lord speaking to Moses at the burning bush, saying you have to go uh, and be the leader of these people. You need to bring them to the promised land. Well, but Lord, I'm, I'm not good enough. I don't have the skill set. I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, well, start walking because you're going to do it, Moses, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so even in those hard calls where it feels like we have to give everything and stretch further than we think possible, the Lord never gives us something that we can't handle. Mm-hmm. And if we maybe be more precise, he does give us things we can't handle, but he won't make us handle them alone. I think maybe that's a better distinction. I like that. Yeah, very good. Speaking today again about obedience here on The Inner Life, 888-914-9149 is our phone number here. If you have a a story of obedience going on in your life uh, right now or perhaps in the past that you've seen some fruit born from that obedience that you yourself or someone you know actually enfleshed, uh, that would be great to hear, 888-914-9149. in the scriptures, sticking with the scriptures for a moment, Father, in Romans 5, St. Paul says, By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So, also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Of course, he's talking about Jesus, Adam and Jesus there. How do we imitate, really, the obedience of Jesus? Because, really, I mean, he was obedient to his Father. And uh, sometimes that's hard to that's hard to. Uh, just actualize in our minds or to, to imagine in our minds, much less to kind of actualize in our, our life. So how, how do we imitate Christ's obedience? Yeah, we say that Christ was obedient uh, to his Father even to the point of death. Right. Um, we notice what did the relationship uh, between the Father and Jesus look like through his life? So often he, he tried to, to go away on a mountain and take some time with his Father. So I think that's for the first step in, in learning to live a life of obedience like Jesus is, is to first take the time with the Father. Give him the space to speak to you. Give him the space to feed you. Give him the space to call you on to more. Um, because in that, I, I think that's where we grow and, and we're made strong. Uh, and then when the Father asked something difficult, Jesus was honest about the difficulty, right? If this cup could pass. And so I think that's a part of our experience too. If the Lord is asking something that's difficult, He's not saying, I want you to lie to me about how hard this is and then just grin and bear it. He's saying, I love you. I'm your father. I'm asking you to do it, but I want you more than anything. And so we can be honest in our prayer and say, this is hard. This is heavy. I I don't want to do this, Father. And then again, giving him the space to respond. Um, I think sometimes we're taught to, to shy away from the more vulnerable or, or difficult prayer because I, I want to be faithful and I don't want to pout. Well, he's a big God. He can handle a little pouting now and then, right, to be honest with him and give him that space. And then finally, uh, just to raise your eyes to heaven as you enter into whatever that difficulty is, 
when we lay down our life, when we have to bite our tongue, when a coworker is talking, or um, we have to maybe work a little harder for our family than than we'd like to when we're exhausted. Um, in the midst of that actual hardship, to raise our eyes to heaven and say, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. You can have it. Even in the midst of this pain, I, I just want you more. Wow. Yeah. Well, may it be so. May it be so in my life, in the lives of everyone listening, and in the lives of, well, everyone, everyone worldwide. May we, uh, may we, in the midst of our pain and our suffering and uh, what it seems like a, a difficulty, May we still be obedient and, and give our spirits over to him. And of course, as long as we're talking about imitating the obedience of Christ, then we might as well look to the Holy Family, right? Looking at, looking at Our Lady, she's a great example of obedience, and as is St. Joseph. Um, any, th- any comments on their obedience to God's will in their lives? I think first, we, we always just want to recognize the humanity of both Mary and Joseph. I think being the Holy Family, being the heavy hitters, sometimes we can feel distance from them to say, well, they had special graces, and that's different than what I experienced. But we realize that that even the grace of perfection that, that Mary enjoyed was was one on the cross, right? So we have this opportunity to receive deeply of the grace the Father offers for us. But we look to Mary uh, and her full and total yes Again, we kind of go back to that that situation, right? She didn't ask all the clarifying questions. She had a little, you know, how is this, you know, going to happen? I've not had relations with a man, mm-hmm. but she didn't continue to harp on, you know, the logistics, right? There was a certain level of trust in her fiat, and the same with Joseph, right? He was called to to make a real sacrifice and and to be the foster father of the Son of God. That's that's a big that's a big ask on behalf of the Lord, um, but in you know, it was communicated in the dream. Hey. Do not be afraid. Just mm-hmm. remain here. Love Mary. Love your son. And it's going to be okay. And so they had those moments of encounter uh, with the Lord and realized that, hey, this is this is a big change. This is a big sacrifice. But it's not something I'm called to do on my own. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, we, we look, you know, that's the difference between Adam and Eve and, and, and Jesus and Mary and Joseph is there was a, a recognition that the Lord was going to take care of their good. Um, the Father was going to take care of their good, even in the midst of difficulty, whereas Adam and Eve were, were trying to grasp for some knowledge, grasping for some sort of confidence or freedom. And so it's that difference between uh, grasping and having our hands open to receive. And, and right. I think that's what Mary and Joseph had that, that we can strive for and, and ask them to intercede for, to, to continue to ask them, make me like yourself, make me like your son. You mentioned Padre Pio earlier as well. Any other saints that you can think of that are really remarkable examples of truly holy obedience? I think of Mother Teresa, right, called to, mm. to begin her own order. And, and there are countless stories where they had a financial need or some other need, and they just kind of told the Lord, hey, we, we need $1,600, and, and then it shows up, right? And we see that sort of precision. They had a faithfulness in prayer, um, and the Lord showed up. And to, to take on, you know, going to, to care for the poorest of the poor, there had to be uh, some fear or some some wonder, you know, Lord, why would you ask me to go to this place when I, I could remain where I am and be comfortable? No, go. You have to go meet the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really look to any saint and there's going to be a level of humility and an obedience to the Father's will. Uh, mm-hmm. Each saint was made unique and has their own story and their own example for us. But I, I can't 
Think of a saint that didn't at one point have to say, I have to set aside what I want for a time so that my true desires might be fulfilled. Yeah, right. And I, you know, I'm hearing again and again and again, just the whole theme of death to self. I mean, we talked about humility, but really this is... The, the will is one of the hardest things to put to death. I mean, when it comes to, you know, just like, like what you said, being, I want to be comfortable, you know. Well, the Lord didn't call me necessarily to comfort, but he called me to faithfulness. And uh, usually that obedience leads us somewhere outside of our comfort zone as well. Well, we're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, on the topic of obedience. And uh, we're so grateful for everything we've heard thus far, but there's still time for your phone calls if you'd like to get in on the conversation. If there's a situation in which you um, are struggling currently to be obedient, then give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Or maybe you can think of a time in your past where you were obedient to your parents, even though you didn't understand it or didn't want to do it, and see how that has borne fruit in your relationship with them. 888-914-9149. Well, great stuff uh, so far, Father. I mean, just as I continue to reflect on obedience, I, I got to say, and this is dating myself, but hopefully it'll connect with some of our listeners out there. Um, I've had going through my head pretty much the whole show, uh, The Karate Kid. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. thinking I'm thinking of Daniel Son, who's, you know, he's painting fences and waxing floors and things like that um, and learning some of the muscle memory that's uh, that's necessary for him. But he didn't realize it at the time. And I think that's one of the things, just to, to, to hit on that again, one of the things that we, I struggle with anyway is that uh, recognizing that my obedience in the now may be accomplishing things for which I, have, I can't even imagine the, uh, the good that it's actually accomplishing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, and that's a great great callback. Karate Kid, phenomenal film. Uh, but but I but I think you're right on this idea that um, to die to self now is for the sake of a greater resurrection, and that was true in the 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 part of Christ and the martyrs and and in these small moments of obedience, the same thing could be happening. But the problem is we we fixate. I think we fixate on the now and and the uncomfort that we're experiencing instead of looking ahead. Even right now, I'm, I'm in the midst of retreat planning for, for so many retreats for the high school students, and, and it's a lot of tedious copying and, and, mm-hmm. and taking notes, and it can feel just frustrating. Like, ah, this is what I signed up for. Um, but then, you know, in three weeks when we have the retreat, I'm going to have the opportunity to see teenagers meet Christ maybe for the first time. And if I get lost in the weeds, we're going to miss out on the hope that that something greater is in the works. And so... Even in those moments where we feel the Lord asking us to stretch or uh, maybe a parent, a teacher, a boss asking us to, to suck it up and, and to, right. to, to keep going, to realize that the Lord hasn't ceased working just because we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, f- frankly, that's exactly the place where the Lord gets to show up and be the Savior. If we were comfortable all the time, what do we need Jesus for? It's <laughs> in our weakness that we realize that I have been made to be in relationship with somebody who is much stronger and much uh, more filled with love than I am. Oh, yeah, very true, very true. Our spiritual director today is Father Bobby Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. We are grateful to have him with us as we're talking about obedience. If you have a story of obedience you'd like to share with us, 
or maybe you have a question about a current situation you're facing, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. Grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, Josh, for sitting in on The Inner Life. And uh, grateful also to our producer, Nick Sentovich, and our phone screener, Thomas Engeser, who are doing great jobs for us today, being very obedient in their roles, as hopefully I am as well. Um, Father, before we get back into the conversation, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got enough uh, questions to carry us probably on until about 2 p.m., but uh, <laughs> some people might get upset about that. So we'll, we'll go back to the phones. We've got Kimberly, who's calling in from Long Beach, California. Kimberly, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you very much. I'm a new widow, and um, I'm trying to discern what God wants for me. We, we were married 45 years, and my husband was not well, but he was taken suddenly from me. And um, now I, I'm, I'm floundering. I'm lost. And I, I do have the church, but sometimes it's hard for me to connect with people at the church. And so I stay home and isolate. Well, first, I'm I'm sorry to hear of your loss, and I imagine after you said 45 years, that's a it's a, a long time for such a big shift. Um, I'd say first to, to reverence that, right? Um, even as it feels like we're floundering, um, to be patient with ourselves. That's that's a lot to learn in in, in a short amount of time. Um, but but I think you're right to take note that that maybe isolation isn't. Um, the the best path long term, right? We have to take time to be alone and, and to mourn and to feel and to discern, um, to realize that the, the Lord doesn't want us to be alone and um, whatever that looks like, right? So whether that's at your local parish or in some other way, the Lord could could provide some sort of community. Um, so I'd say, I imagine you probably are already doing this, but to ask the Lord that question, um, Lord, where is it that you're calling me? Lord, where is it that you're going to take care of me? Um, and then allowing that space. And if it feels like he's not speaking um, or it feels like he's too quiet to, to understand what he's saying, then to realize, like, well, you've just communed with the living God. And um, that in and of itself is a big deal. We um, ask the question, have you shared with him your desire? Even before asking the question what he's asking of you, do you have a desire that you're offering to the Lord or something that, that you want from him or in this time where you feel like you're floundering? I've, I've tried to talk to him. I've, I've gone to my priest for reconciliation, but it seems like I need more than that. Um, I, I, I can't forgive myself for a lot of things. Like maybe I, I could have saved my husband you know, from from sickness. Um, it also extends to losing my parents too, in in their illnesses. So at this point, I I'm just ready to you know like kind of go away to the desert and evaporate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm really fighting that. Yeah, 
this is just a just a very practical piece, but I think sometimes if it feels like we're, we're crying out in the desert and we're not being heard or, or it doesn't seem to be clicking, um, I'd recommend writing out these emotions or these experiences. I think there's something real about writing things down um, that almost gives them a finality where we've placed them on a page, right? And especially if you're still carrying the some, some suffering or regret with, with your losing of your parents, it's the same idea, right? The Lord doesn't want us to continue to, to carry on the pain in an unhealthy way. Um, we'll always feel the loss. Um, but but to use that emotion as a way to draw us back to the Lord. So I, I would just offer maybe that practical piece to, to write out, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm experiencing, and this is, Lord, what I need, right? I need community. I need someone to really hear me. I need someone to guide me. And then and then hopefully the Lord would, would sort of show his hand in that. Absolutely. And Kimberly, thank you for the phone call. And uh, know that you have at least a, a radio community with you now and that we are all praying for you in this difficult situation and for the repose of the soul of your husband. So God bless you and thank you for calling in. May God lead and guide you every step along the way. Let's go from Kimberly to Deb, who is also calling in from Appleton, Wisconsin. Deb, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Hi, thank you. I'm just hoping to get some direction for my kids if there is an age where I should stop forcing them to come to Mass. Um, The 17-year-old just wants to go to work, doesn't want to go to Mass, even if she happens to not be scheduled that day lately. She's been just not getting ready and coming with us, and I'm not sure if I should force her or talk to her or what it's going to tell the younger kids. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And up until, you know, we say the age of 18, you have a legitimate authority over the child. But we also recognize that sometimes making those demands causes more issues than good. Um, so, so I would say maybe another way to, to frame that is to ask the question, what does it do for you to have your family uh, with you at Mass? Uh, I remember, you know, my own siblings sort of wandering at certain points and and listening to my parents talk about how it means so much to them to have the family together um, at least once a week because we didn't have, you know, meals together every day like, you know, the white white picket fence family. But it it meant something uh, that the family was together on Sunday. And I found that compelling. Obviously, you know, I'm a priest. I, you know, joined seminary right out of high school. But 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 to see my siblings have that invitation, um, it's important to me. It means something to me, even though the the real you know, underlying hope is we want the Lord to provide something for them, for our children. Um, to maybe share that in a vulnerable way might might be impactful. But um, I think all of that goes down to, to your own sort of discernment and, and your relationship with with your children to know, okay, is it is it fruitful for me to sort of put my foot down or is it more fruitful to ask a question or make an invitation and, and, and let the Lord move in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate the advice that you're giving there, Father, too, is that it's, it's, sometimes it's a little bit tricky to navigate those waters, especially in the, in the role of a parent to, uh, to understand how can, I, how can I speak best into a situation even if I do have uh, the authority to exercise and demand and uh, that sort of thing that, uh, yeah, well, but I also want to honor the other person's dignity. And it goes back to what you were talking about before, about recognizing uh, recognizing the relationship that there that's there and valuing the person that's in front of you. So, Deb, thank you for the call. God bless you in making 
uh, well, making headway with your with your children and uh, hopefully giving them an invitation that they will want to take up uh, in in coming to Mass with you. We're speaking about obedience here on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and uh, grateful again, Father, for all of your good advice. I, I guess I wanted to follow up here in our last few minutes of the show. I wanted to talk about specifically... Um, Situations where maybe obedience is not what's warranted. Now, of course, you mentioned already that if if something is being asked of us that is clearly immoral, counter to the teachings of Christ and His Church, then that's uh, we are not under obligation to obey. But are there any situations where maybe that's not the case, but there is something that uh, or someone perhaps that we should not be obedient to? That's yeah, a, a, ph- a phenomenal question and obviously sort of a touchy subject that, that takes discernment in each and every moment. Hey, you notice some folks having a struggle with a, a legitimate superior when they ask to do something that just doesn't sit right. We realize that there's something something off about what they're asking. Um, and at the moment, I, I would maybe ask those questions of, of the why. Um, but but I, I sort of want to make a distinction because we can look at a superior and say, well, if, if their ideology is different than mine – if the way that they think about things is different than me, I want to write them off as a superior whole and entire. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's really the work of the Lord. Um, there might be a, a situation where somebody asks you to lie or asks you to, to, to do something that doesn't feel like it's what the Lord is asking. Um, but in that, to realize, okay, maybe in this instance, the Lord is asking me to, to, to not follow through or, or to, to bring up how it makes me uncomfortable. Um, but then not to write off the entire um, authority of that individual. And it's such a, a fine line. Um, but if it's, it's hard, if it's a legitimate superior, let's say a spiritual director is asking you to do X, Y, and Z, if it's not immoral and not wrong, it, we're probably better off just following through. Because yeah. um, there's that freedom we've talked about, but um, but to be aware of that, right? Um, the the obedience isn't always blind. Sometimes we have to realize what what's the intention of this person who's asking this of me. Right, right. And sometimes is it true that even in a being that you're a spiritual director yourself, um, that uh, you would welcome questions about? Uh, can you explain a little bit more to me, Father, about why this would be important for me to do? Absolutely, and and sometimes. Um, it comes to a point where it just says, I, I just, this is what I feel like the Lord is asking me to tell you. But but oftentimes there is a reason. There's a step one, two, three, this is where um, I'm going, and this is why I want you to take these steps. And, and, and sometimes those questions come up, right? In the pandemic, we had a lot of those nuanced sort of questions. Father, can I do this? Can I do that? Should I do this? Should I not do that? Sure. And and every situation is different. And and so if it doesn't, if it doesn't sit right to have that conversation. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, Father Bobby Blood, we've been very grateful for your for your wisdom, for your advice today on the show as regards obedience. I'm grateful that uh, I got to spend this hour with you, and now I get to go put it into practice. But in order to do so, I would really value your blessing, please. So could you offer that for me and for all of our listeners? Absolutely. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon your sons and daughters in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in Father peace. Bobby Blood. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Father, for joining us here on The Inner Life, being our spiritual director today. Tomorrow on The Inner Life, we've got, uh, well, we've got Father James Kubicki joining us as our spiritual director, and we're going to be speaking about the Second Vatican Council, which uh, I'm sure he has lots of insights to share 
So uh, make sure and tune in for that at 11th Central, as always, right here on Relevant Radio. Coming up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. We've got Father Looney, who's going to be celebrating that for us on air, live from the Chapel of the Nativity in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So grateful you joined us this time for The Inner Life, and grateful for your support of Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless you.